0: that you've proved that to us over and over again. Jesus, you came to earth to make the way um, because you are the truth and you are the light and, Father, you are the life that we say God today. um, I'm just amazed at how incredibly big and powerful and mighty that you are, that we don't want you to come into our little frame. We want to walk into your magnificence. Um, We want to walk into where you're at. And to get lost in your your power and your might, your authority, your bigness. Um, amen. Wow. Well, well, here we go. I just want to share with you. It's interesting. Um, um, We're coming to the end of January, right? One month out into 2021. And you're probably all tired of May, end of January and school's back and work's back and those conversations about goals start to become a distant past, right? We just get on with business as normal. And so Mark has been doing an amazing teaching. We listened to it on the way to Esperance the other week. Um, He kept me company on habits. And I thought it was a great approach to not just looking at what your objectives are, but what are the habits that stop you from achieving that. And you haven't listened to those teachings, I encourage you not just to listen to them once, but twice, because there's there's some great little nuggets, but there's some great processes that help us get on with what we're supposed to be. And so I'm going to follow on a little bit from that, but Mark did say to me, Steve, preach on whatever spins your propeller. And as soon as he said that, I thought those little caps with the propellers on the top, right? Um, So I'm going to share with you something that probably is important for me, um, but I see important for the church because I think sometimes we can get stuck. And so today I want to talk to you about stepping off your mat or getting beyond the boundaries Because I don't know about you, but I think there is a lot more to life. There's a lot more to what God wants for us. And sometimes we just get stuck. It's like we see something and we want to be like that or we want to achieve that, but we don't get there. You know, you you do something really dumb. I don't know if you do dumb things, but I do all those dumb things. Um, Or we say something dumb um, and we say, oh, look, sorry, it won't happen again. Well, here's the truth. It probably will. And in fact, it will. Because we just do it. We just get stuck in the same old stuff. And so we settle back to normality and it becomes who we are and I want to suggest to you today that I think that there is more joy, there is more life, there is more possibility, there is more of God that He wants us to have, and He doesn't just want us to stay stuck in the norm. And, uh, and as we move on, as I move on in life, I want to get off the map, because there was a guy many, many years ago who... Um, who we understand as being very much one of the pioneers of Christianity as we know it today, right? Jesus died and he then, God touched his life and he wrote lots of books about the church and really he's sort of in there in the foundations of how we understand church and Christianity today. He was right in there, planted lots of churches. And if I asked him the question, Paul, mate, is there more? He'd go, you bet your bottom dollar. He would have got excited about it. In fact, I want to quote a scripture that my daughter-in-law preached on a few weeks ago. I nearly stole her sermon because she was so good. But it was Philippians 3. And it goes like this. Philippians 3.13. He writes, Dear brothers and sisters, that's you and me, I have not achieved it. So he's talking to a church in Philippi who were getting stuck in religion. They were getting stuck in the process. They were getting stuck in doing the right thing and getting it right, which we still do today. He says, I have not achieved it yet, which is relationship and fullness of Christ. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize of which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I love that verse. I love the grit in in that word. I love the the enthusiasm he has. I love his determination. I love his single-mindedness. There's more, and I'm gonna push and I'm going to run and I'm not going to settle just being where I'm at. I want everything. Oh man, God, give me that passion. Give me that grit. Give me that determination. Get that back because I lost it. Because I got stuck. And so I want to just have a look today at a story in John 5. Now John, as you know, is one of the Gospels. Um, John was a disciple of Christ. He wrote this probably about uh, 50 years after the event. But when he wrote the Gospel of John, his whole purpose was to communicate to us and to those at the time that Jesus truly was, he wanted to prove that Jesus truly was the Son of God. He wasn't just a prophet. He wasn't just a teacher. So he talks about the signs and the miracles and the stories. So every story, every account That John writes, and he puts it in a particular order that's a little bit different to others, so that you would grab this truth. So, everything he writes is trying to help us understand not only that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, who is God in, I think Mark says, God in a bod, I love that, um, God in the flesh, who walked amongst us, but he also died and rose again, and therefore is the Messiah. That's what he was trying to say. So, we come to this story. This account, and you find it in John 5. Let's read it together. John 5, open up your scriptures or whatever you have. Um, Go to John 5, and we're going to start at verse 1. It says this. After Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days, inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda and five covered porches, Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. Now understand this. It says Jesus returned to Jerusalem for the festival. Like any good Jewish um, um, person at that time, you would always celebrate the many feasts that they had. And it had a number. And this particular one, we're not sure. Some say it was the Passover. There's lots of arguments. It's probably more points towards one that was called the Feast of Purim. Now, Purim was more like what we would came out of the book of Esther, if you read the story of Esther. Um, And it was a little bit like our Christmas in many ways. They had lots of partying. Lots of drinking. Um, They did a lot of gift giving to each other, and especially to those who were poor, those who were um, begging. It was all about giving of gifts. So here's Jesus returns to Jerusalem to do the normal festival like every good Jewish person would do. I'm sure he had in his mind what gifts of charity, what gift of Sadak I was going to give out to others. In this place. So he turns up at this pool called Bethesda. Now, Bethesda was a pool that had these arches, and the arches are still, they've actually dug up this area and found that it's exactly how it was described in the scripture. And it was by the sheep gate, so imagine it's smelly. It's really, really smelly. And in there are all these sick people, all waiting for this water to bubble up. And Jesus is at this pool. Let's carry on a little bit more. It says, verse 5, One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Duh, right? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Anyone felt like that, right? Someone always beats me to it. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and he began to walk. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. I think this is the real story that John is trying to tell us. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured... You can't work on the Sabbath. I mean, the guy's just been healed after 38 years and they're complaining because he's working because he picked up his mat, his sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed, and they said, oh, um, sorry to interrupt. the Lord doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me to do it. It wasn't my fault. Pick up your mat and walk, he said. So I just did what he told me. <laughs> the guy's just been healed after 38 years and he goes Oh, I just picked up my mat and walked um, who said such a thing they said the man didn't know for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd he didn't even know who he was that did it isn't that crazy he didn't even know here's the thought this is a side issue I'm watch my time mark I'm watching time. good 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 so a side issue but This is really interesting in that Jesus was there with this man. This man was saying, no one will come. It's everyone else's fault. He gets healed and then he gets told off for carrying his mat. It wasn't my fault. It's someone else's fault. He was caught in the blame game. He's constantly blaming everybody else for his sin. So Jesus comes along and says to him, mate, i introduce myself now. I am the one that healed you. And guess what? Don't sin anymore. Stop this blame game business. Stop this thinning. Stop this idea that it's not me. Own it and get on with life. Otherwise you're going to get even sicker. How many of us get sicker because we don't deal with the sin? Anyway, that's the side issue. So here's this man sitting by the pool, 38 years. The people at the pool are people who are sick, therefore they're outcasts, they are untouchable, they are people you do not go near because if you do, especially if you're going to the synagogue where you're going to go and do holy things, you don't want to go and touch an unholy person because you will be unholy and you can't go in then, right? So Jesus is visiting the worst of the worst he's visiting the outcast this is what i love jesus has no problems walking towards sickness jesus has no problems walking towards your brokenness jesus has no problems this man who has no name he only has he's identified by his condition the man who was sick that's all we know about him He wasn't identified, but Jesus steps into his dark world. Hang on to that. Jesus steps into the darkest parts of your life, the darkest, broken, hurting parts of your life. Jesus comes to visit that. Jesus came to earth to visit our darkness. He came to stand alongside our mats, even though others may not have done. I've heard people say, oh, Jesus can't hang around with sin. He walks up to sin. He faces it head on, and he deals with it. I love that. I don't know what you're hiding or what's the darkness in you or what makes you feel rejected or separated, and it's usually in our hearts, and Jesus says, I'm coming to that part of your life. It's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Here's a couple of things. This man was trapped on his mat. He was trapped on his mat. You see, this mat was his life. This mat was his identity. This mat was everything he was. And he was trapped on the mat. He could not get off the mat. There was a whole bunch of, of what he believed, a whole bunch of life off his mat, but he couldn't get off his mat. Sometimes we get caught up in our mats. We are stuck on our mat. You see, the mat might be the mat of, of rejection. And it's, it's controlling my life. It might be the mat of, of separation, of divorce, of abuse, And it's my life and it's what I live in because that's who I am. And I can't get off my mat. I can't get off my mat because I had a bad experience. Someone did something really bad to me. I can't get off my mat because I'm not good enough. I know that. I can't achieve that. I can't do that. And I'm stuck on my identity. I'm stuck in my mat. Those guys that we talk about here were stuck on the mat of religion. Sometimes religion can get us stuck on our mat. We can be trapped on our mat. Anxiety can, strap, can trap me on my mat. I can't move off to all that good stuff that God has for me because I'm trapped on my mat. You know, I've, something that's passionate, this spins my propeller at the moment, is I'm really passionate. God just seems to bring so many people to me at the moment who are hurting who are broken, who are disconnected from church. A, we have a whole society, I would say even 50% of our society, who identify a Christ, a, a denominational faith, but don't go to church. And you talk to them and you say, I'm a pastor without a church. And all of a sudden they say, Oh, I've been hurt by church. We've got a whole, we've, we've got a whole unreached people group. And maybe you're one of them. And church has sort of disconnected me and have said, you, you, you've you got to look like this or you've got to be like this or you've got to sort... Be, and 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 church and God go together, right? And I think God's stepping into this world right now. This is my heart. And I want to do a shout out. If you've hurt, been hurt by church, if you've been rejected by church, if you've been, Jesus has come to your mat and you can step off your mat and that's why I love churches like this and as many in our city like it. It's not about joining the club. It's not about, it's not about being a certain behaviour. It's about discovering the Jesus that desperately wants to engage with a society. And if there's a job for all of us in this room, it's about engaging with those who are hurting, rejected, separated from the body of Christ. Not with joined the club, but come to Jesus because he's standing at your mat. And my heart hurts for so many stories I've heard le- recently. So that's my propeller. Anyway, I'll park that. So first question that he asked him, he says, Do you want to be healed? Here's the question. Do you want to be free? Do you want to get off your mat? Do you want to get out of the trap? You say, why did you ask that question, Jesus? It's a dummy question. No, it's not. You see, you might desire something. You might see something, but you don't want to pay the price. I might like... I might like that fancy new car and then they say, it's yours, Steve. I go, great, thank you very much. I got the car, but it's going to cost you $50,000. Oh, darn it. I don't want to spend that much. It's the same thing, isn't it? There's a whole thing. Do you you want it so much? What are you prepared to pay for? What are you prepared to do? What are you prepared to step out of? You see, determination gets you to your destination, If you don't have determination, you won't get to your destination. If you want it to come easy, it probably ain't going to happen. It's going to cost you. It cost Jesus his whole life. And he's saying, would you give me your life? Would you step off your mat? Do you really want to get free? Do you really want to have everything God wants? This amazing question and a question that's important. The man recognised his need for help. Do you recognise your need for help? You see, this is kind of interesting too. He says to him, but no one will do it for me. You see, here's, here, here's it. If you could do it alone, you would have already done it because you're on your own. He had to ask for someone else to help him. And Jesus was standing there saying, "Do Now, the question was, not just do you want to get well, but you see, Jesus was saying to him, He said, I need someone to help me. And Jesus is going, Well, maybe I'm the one who's here. Because see, Jesus, the water might have been bubbling up just as Jesus asked that question. And He might have said, Hey, mate, do you want to get well? Do you want to go? And He's going, I've got no one to help me. Jesus is asking us today, Do you want to help? You can't do it alone. Do you know the most secure prison is the prison within? Do you know that? The prison, I I hang out with a whole bunch of guys recently who have been hurting. And it's a prison inside us. And it's the greatest secure prison ever. And it's the prison of secrets. It's the prisons of self-doubt. It's the prison of hurt. It's the prison of embarrassment. It's the prison of, of, of those things that I've done I don't want to tell anybody about. And it eats us up. And the only way to get rid of that is to speak it out and to let it out of the prison within. And that's why it says in James, when you confess your sins to one another, God will not only, not only free you from it, but he will heal you. You see, when we speak stuff out, I need you. I need good friends around me to be honest with so I can actually release the stuff that's in my prison out. I need others to walk with me. I need others to cheer me on. I need others to tell me that that he's an old man that's good, man of oh God, that that tells me that it tells me I can get off my mat. I need you to cheer each other on. We're told to encourage and spur one of each other on for love and good works. We need each other to keep pushing us along. The other thing is, we need to reframe our focus. We need to reframe our focus. Imagine this, these guys are sitting at the well. What were they focused on? The water? What were they looking for? They're staring at that water, waiting for the bubbles to happen, because once those bubbles happen, I'm going to get in there. And they're looking at that all the time. I think it's interesting. Jesus has just walked into this pool. There's a crowd there, it says. And, and here's a guy. Everyone knows him because he's been there for 38 years. And all of a sudden, he stands up and walks out. Now, wouldn't you have thought it might have said, and then everybody went, wow, I want what he's got. But they didn't, did they? I want to I wanna jump. I'm waiting for this water, but whatever. It worked for him over there. What happened? They didn't do that according to the writings. Why? Because they're all staring at the water. They didn't stare at him. They didn't see him. Because they're focused on the water. What are we focused on? Where's our help focused on? You see, we have to change our focus. This man changed his focus away from the pool to the person. Sometimes we've got to change our focus from... He's going to help me, or that's or it's going. To, someone's going to do this for me, or it's going to be the church that's going to sort it out. Turn away from the pool and start looking at the person. Turn away from the process and look at the person. Look away from the action and look at the authority. You see, we've got to turn our attention away and refocus. It's not the pool; it's him. And it's, it's not the, if I do it this way, this way, this way, this way, that's religion. It's not this way, this way, this way, this way. It's him. It's the person. And he's standing at our mats and he's saying, do you want to get off the mat? Church, there's a whole ministry out there for us, but we've got to get off our mats. And the last thing is, because I'm running out of time. Oh, who it do? So last thing is this. He says, get up, pick up your mat, And follow and and walk. Get up, pick up your mat, get out of here. Get moving. You see, it takes it takes movement to get momentum. You can't get momentum if you don't decide to take the first step. He had to get up, he had to decide that he was going to use those legs he hasn't used for 38 years. He had to that would have been scary, and there must have been something going in his legs going, Oh, I think I could do this. But he still had to make it, do it. He would not have picked up his mat and walked out if he didn't first take take the first step. And I think God's saying to us, and I think he's saying to the church, would you take the first step and get off the mat and pick it up? Because there's a whole world out there. Outside of this little pool, outside of this pool of Bethesda, there's a whole new world. There's a whole new world of acceptance. There's a whole new world of opportunity. There's a whole new world of fun. Because when you start stepping into the things God's called you to do, it's fun. It's hard. It's tough. You get kicked around. You get hurt a lot. I know that. But you know that the Father God, the best relationship you could ever have, never leaves you Was always there with you. Are you stuck? Are you trapped on the mat? Because here's the invitation today. Would you get off your mat? Because Jesus is standing by your mat right now. And he says, stop looking at the pool. That's not going to fix it. Look at me. Listen to me. Turn your ear to me. Turn your head to me. Turn your eyes to me. And now listen. Take the first step off the mat if you're listening to this on the podcast you don't know Jesus let me tell you it's not about church it's about Jesus and he's standing at your mat right this moment and he's asking you would you trust me because I've got a whole new life of freedom, of anxiety, freedom of worry, freedom of con- condemnation, freedom of all that stuff that binds up and causes anxiety and depression and hurt and pain. And he's saying, "I want to free you of that because I put it on the cross, and I and I and I died, and I rose again, and I proved that we can get off the mat." So, if you haven't accepted Jesus, I invite you to do that. If you're stuck in the, in the mat of life and just religion and, and, and the cycle, <laughs> listen to his voice right now. He's inviting you to get off the mat. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth. Thank you that I know that you come and stand alongside us. And God, you know the, you know the, the trap I've been in and the, and the mat I've been sitting on. And I want to listen to you. And I want to take that step. I want to stand up strong, not sit on the floor. I don't want to look at your ankles anymore. I want to look into your eyes. I want to stand up and take this opportunity. And Lord, for those that decide to give their lives to Jesus right now, I encourage you, Lord, I pray that you will not let this seed die. (laughs) But there would be a cry out as they say, Jesus, Forgive me of my sin, and I want to take hold of life that only you can give. Amen. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love you to join us for one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information about our great Elevate Kids and Elevate Youth environments, head to our website, elevatechurch.me.